Act 4 of Don Juan, or The Feast with the Statue, by Molière, translated by Henri Van Laun. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act 4. Scene 1. A room in Don Juan's palace. Don Juan, Scannerville, Rakatin. Don Juan to Scannerville. Be it as it will. Let us drop it. It is but a trifle, and we may have been deceived by a false light, or surprised by some giddiness which disturbed our sight. Ah, sir, do not try to deny what we saw with our own eyes. Nothing could be more certain than that nod. I make no doubt that Evan, offended by your way of living, has wrought this miracle to convince you and to reclaim you from... Herky. If you bother me any more with your foolish morality, if you say another word on that subject, I shall call one of the servants, send for a strong switch, and have you held down by three or four men and give you a thousand lashes. Do you understand me? Very well, sir, perfectly well. You explain yourself clearly. That is one good thing in you, that you never affect a roundabout way. You express yourself with wonderful plainness. Come, let me have supper as soon as possible. A chair here, boy. Scene 2. Don Juan, Scannerville, La Violette, Ragatin. Sir, here is one of your tradesmen, Monsieur Dimanche, who wishes to speak to you. That is all right. I only wanted to be bothered by a creditor. What put it into his head to come to ask us for money? Why did you not tell him that your master was not at home? I have been telling him so these three quarters of an hour, but he would not believe me and sat down within to wait. Let him wait as long as he likes. No, on the contrary, bid him come in. It is very bad policy to hide from your creditors. It is good to pay them something, and I possess the secret of sending them away satisfied without giving them a farthing. Scene 3. Don Juan, Monsieur Dimanche, Scannerelle, La Violette, Ragatin. Monsieur Dimanche, come this way. How delighted I am to see you, and how angry I am that my people did not show you in immediately. I had given orders that I would not see anyone, but this order was not meant for you, and you have a right never to have the door shut against you in my house. Sir, I am very much obliged to you. Don Juan to La Violette and Ragotin. Sounds, rascals! I shall teach you to leave Monsieur Dimanche in the antechamber, and I shall let you know who is who. Sir... It is not of the slightest consequence. Don Juan to Monsieur Dimanche. What? To say I was not within to Monsieur Dimanche, my very best friend? Sir, I am your servant. I came. Here, quick. A seat for Monsieur Dimanche. Sir, I am very well as I am. No, no. I will have you sit down by me. It is not necessary. Take away that stool and bring an armchair. Sir, you are jesting and... Oh, no, I know what I owe you, and I will not allow them to make any difference between us two. Sir. Come, sit down. There is no need for it, sir. 
I have only one word to say to you. I was... Sit you down there, I say. No, sir, I am very well. I come to... No, I will not hear you if you do not sit down. Sir, I do as you wish. I... Upon my word, Monsieur Dimanche, you look very well. Yes, sir, at your service. I came to... You have an admirable constitution. Rosy lips, a ruddy complexion, and sparkling eyes. I should be glad. How is Mrs. Dimanche, your good lady? Very well, sir, thank heaven. She's a good woman. She is your humble servant, sir. I came... And how is your little daughter, Claudine? I swear it's possible. What a pretty little girl she is. I love her with all my heart. You do her too much honor, sir. I... And does little Colin make as much noise as ever with his drum? Always the same, sir. I... And your little dog, Brusquet, does he still bark as loudly? And does lustily bite the legs of the people who visit you? More than ever, sir. And they cannot break him off it. Do not be surprised if I ask after your whole family, for I take a very great interest in them all. We are infinitely obliged to you, sir. I... Don Juan, holding out his hand. Shake hands, then, Monsieur Dimanche. Are you really a friend of mine? Sir, I am your servant. I gad, I am yours with all my heart. You do me too much honor. I... There is nothing I would not do for you. Sir, you are too kind. And that without any motive, believe me. I have certainly not deserved this favor. But, sir... Nonsense. Come, Monsieur Dimanche. Will you take supper with me without any ceremony? No, sir. I must return home immediately. I... Don Juan, rising. Here, quick, a candle to light Monsieur Dimanche, and let four or five of my fellows take their blunderbusses to escort him. Monsieur Dimanche, rising also. Sir, this is not necessary. I can very well go alone, but... Scannerville quickly removes the chairs. What? They shall escort you. I take too great an interest in you. I am your humble servant, and your debtor to boot. Uh, sir. I do not conceal it, and I tell it to everyone. If... Do you wish me to see you home? Oh, sir, you jest. Sir. Embrace me, then, pray. Once more, I desire you to be convinced that I am entirely yours, and that there is nothing in the world which I would not do to serve you. Scene 4. Messie Dimanche, Scannerelle. I must needs own that my master is a man who loves you much. It is true. He is so polite to me and pays me so many compliments that I can never ask him for money. I assure you that his whole household would lay down their lies for you, and I wish something would happen to you, that somebody would take it into his head to cudgel you, then you should see how. I believe it. But, Scannerelle, pray speak a word to him about my money. Oh, do not you trouble yourself about that. He'll pay you as well as anyone. But you, Scannerelle, you owe me something on your own account. Fie, do not speak of that. What? I... Do I not know what I owe you? Yes, but... Come, Mr. Dimanche, I'm going to light you to the door. 
But my money. Scannervel, taking Monsieur Dimanche by the arm. You are only jesting. I wish to. Scannervel, pulling him. Come. I intend to. Scannervel, pushing him towards the door. Fiddlesticks. But. Scannervel, putting him again. Fie. I. Scannervel, pushing him quite off the stage. Fie, I say. Scene 5. Don Juan, Scannervel, La Violette. La Violette to Don Juan. Sir, here is your father. Oh, this completes the business. It wanted only this to drive me mad. Scene 6. Don Louis, Don Juan, Scannervel. I see plainly that I disturb you and that you could very easily have dispensed with my visit. It is true we are a thorn in one another's path, and if you are tired of seeing me, I am also very tired of your unruly behavior. Alas, how little do we know what we do when we do not allow heaven to judge what we need, when we wish to be wiser than it and importune it by our blind wishes and inconsiderate demands. I most anxiously wished for a son. I incessantly prayed with incredible fervor for one. And this son, whom I obtained by wearying heaven with my prayers, is the plague and punishment of that very life of which I thought he would be the joy and consolation. With what eye, do you think, can I behold the many unworthy actions whose wickedness can hardly be palliated before the world, that continuance of disgraceful affairs which daily compels us to weary the goodness of our sovereign, and which has exhausted, in his opinion, the merit of my services and the influence of my friends? Ah, what a mean spirit you have! Do you blush because you so little deserve your lofty birth? Tell me, pray, what right have you to be proud of it? And what have you done in this world that gives you a claim to be considered a nobleman? Do you think it is sufficient to bear the title and arms of one, and that it is any glory to be descended of noble blood if one lives in infamy? No, no, rank is nothing without virtue. We have, therefore, no share in the glory of our ancestors, unless we strive to be like them, and the luster which their actions reflect upon us, demands that we should do them like honor, follow in their footsteps, and not degenerate from their virtues, if we would be deemed their true descendants. Hence in vain are you born of lofty progenitors. They disown you as one of their race, and all the illustrious deeds that they have achieved confer no advantage upon you. On the contrary, their renown only redounds to your discredit, and their glory is a shining light 
which renders clear to the eyes of all the infamy of your actions. Know finally that a nobleman who leads a wicked life is a monster in nature, that virtue is the prime badge of nobility, that I regard much less the name which a man bears than the actions which he commits, and that I should value more highly a porter's son who was an honest man than a monarch's son who led such a life as yours. Sir, if you were to take a seat, you would speak more at your ease. No, insolent wretch, I will neither take a seat nor speak any more, and I plainly perceive that all my words have no effect upon you. But learn, unworthy son, that by your actions you have worn out a father's love, that sooner than you think I shall put a stop to your irregularities, forestall the vengeance of heaven, and by your punishment blot out the shame of being your father. Scene 7. Don Juan Scanarell. Don Juan, still addressing his father, although he has left. Why, die as soon as you can. It is the best thing you can possibly do. Everyone must have his turn. It drives me mad to see fathers live as long as their children. He throws himself down in his armchair. Ah, oh, sir, you are in the wrong. Don Juan, rising. I in the wrong? Scannerell, trembling. Sir? I in the wrong? Yes, sir, you were wrong in having listened to what he said to you, and you ought to have turned him out by the shoulders. Did anyone ever see anything more impertinent? A father to come and remonstrate with his son, and tell him to reform his ways, not to forget his lofty birth, to live the life of a respectable man, and a hundred other silly things of the same kind. Can a man like you, who knows how to live, stand such a thing as that? I wonder at your patience. Had I been in your place, I should have sent him about his business. Aside. Oh, cursed complacence. What do you bring me to? Will supper be ready soon? Scene 8. Don Juan, Scanavel, Fregatin. Sir, a lady with her face veiled wishes to speak to you. Who can that be? You must see. Scene 9. Don Elvira, veiled. Don Juan, Scanavel. Do not be surprised, Don Juan, to see me at this hour, and in this dress. An urgent motive obliges me to make you this visit. What I have to say will admit of no delay. I do not come here possessed by that wrath I showed a little while ago. I am changed from what I was this morning. I am no longer that Don Elvira who uttered imprecations against you, whose angry soul vented nothing but threats and breathed only revenge. Heaven has banished from my heart all that unworthy passion which I entertain for you, all those tumultuous upheavings of a criminal attachment, all those shameful outbursts of an earthly and gross love, and it has left in my heart a flame which burns for you without any sensual affection, a tenderness entirely holy, 
a love detached from everything which is not actuated by selfishness and cares only for your good. Don Juan whispering to Scannervel. I think you weep. Excuse me? It is this perfect and pure love which brings me hither for your sake to impart to you a warning from heaven and endeavour to turn you away from that precipice whither you are hastening. Yes, Don Juan, I know all the irregularities of your life, and that same heaven which has touched my heart and made me see the errors of my own conduct has inspired me to come to you and to tell you in its name that your crimes have tired out its mercy, that its dreadful wrath is ready to fall upon you, that you can avoid this by a speedy repentance, and that perhaps not another day is left to save yourself from the greatest of all miseries. As for me, no earthly ties bind me any longer to you. Thanks be to heaven I have abandoned all foolish thoughts. I am resolved to retire into a nunnery. I only hope to live long enough to expiate the crime I have committed, and, by an austere penance, to deserve pardon for the blindness into which I have been plunged by the violence of a guilty passion. But, when I am retired from the world, it would greatly pain me if a person whom I once tenderly loved should be made an ominous example of the justice of heaven. It will be an unspeakable delight to me if I can prevail upon you to ward off the dreadful blow that threatens you. I beseech you, Don Juan, grant me as a last favour this soothing consolation. Refuse me not your own salvation, which I beg of you with tears. If you are not moved for your own sake, let at least my entreaties prevail and spare me the terrible grief of seeing you condemned to eternal punishments. Poor lady. I once loved you very tenderly. Nothing in this world was so dear to me as you. I forgot my duty for your sake. I have done everything for you. All the reward I desire is that you should amend your life and ward off your destruction. Save yourself, I beseech you, either for your own sake or mine. Once more, Don Juan, I beg it of you with tears. And if the tears of a person you once loved have no influence with you, I conjure you by everything that is most capable of moving you. Scannervel, aside, looking to Don Juan. You have the feelings of a tiger. I leave you now. That is all I have to say to you. Madame, it is late. Stay here. We shall give you as good a room as we can. No, Don Juan. Do not detain me longer. Madame, you will oblige me by remaining, I assure you. No, I tell you, let us not waste time in needless words. Let me go immediately. Do not insist upon accompanying me. And think only of profiting by my advice. Scene 10. Don Juan, Scannervel. Do you know that I felt something stirring in my heart for her? That I was rather pleased with this strange, unexpected adventure? And that her careless dress, her languishing air, and her tears rekindled within me some small embers of an extinguished flame? 
That is as much to say her words did not make any impression on you. Supper, quickly. Very well. Scene 11. Don Juan, Scanavel, La Violette, Ragatin. Don Juan, sitting down at the table. Scanavel, we must really think of our mending our lives. Aye, that we must. Yes, upon my word, we must reform. Twenty or thirty years more of this life, and then we shall consider about it. Oh? What do you say to that? Nothing. Here comes supper. He takes a bit from one of the dishes that was brought in, and puts it into his mouth. Methinks you have a swollen cheek. What is the matter with it? Speak. What have you in your mouth? Nothing. Show it me. Zounds, he has got a swelling in his cheek. Quick, a lancet to open it. The poor fellow cannot stand this any longer, and this abscess may choke him. Wait, I see it is quite ripe. Ha, you rascal! Upon my word, sir, I wish to see whether your cook had not put in too much pepper or salt. Come, sit down here and eat. I have some business for you as soon as I have finished supper. I perceive you are hungry. Scanavel, sitting down at the table. I should think so. Sir, I have not eaten anything since this morning. Taste that. It's very good. Ragotin takes Scanavel's plate away as soon as he has got anything upon it to eat. My plate, my plate. Gently, if you please. Odds bodkins, my mannequin, how nimble you are in giving clean plates. I say, little La Violette, you are not very handy in giving a man something to drink. Whilst La Violette gives Scanavel something to drink, Ragotin again takes away his plate. Who can it be that knocks in such a manner? Who the deuce comes to disturb us at our meal? I wish to take my supper at least in peace. Let no one therefore come in. Let me alone. I shall go to the door myself. Don Juan, seeing Scanavel return frightened. What ails you? What is the matter? Scanavel, nodding his head as the statue did. The... is there... Let us go and see, and let us show that nothing can move me. Ah, oh, poor Scannerel, where will you hide yourself? Scene 12. Don Juan, the statue of the commander, Scannerel, La Violette, Ragatin, Don Juan to his servants. A chair and a plate here, quick! Don Juan and the statue sit down at the table. To Scannerel. Come, sit down. Sir, I have lost my appetite. Sit down here, I say. Give me something to drink. The commander's health, Scannerel. Give him some wine. Sir, I am not thirsty. Drink and sing a song to entertain the commander. I have a cold, sir. No matter. Begin. To his servants. You there, come and sing along with him. It is enough, Don Juan. I invite you to come and take supper with me tomorrow. Will you be so bold? Yes. Scannerel alone shall accompany me. I oh, thank you. Tomorrow is a fast day with me. Don Juan, to Scannerel. Take a light. No need of light for those whom heaven guides. End of Act Four